please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spoiler Up 23. Dun, dun, dun. Interstellar. The <laughs> most requested spoiler up since <laughs> Since The Dark Knight yeah. Rises, which was the first one we ever did. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're really excited to talk about this movie, too. Um, we all hated it. So we're going to be going Whoa, into details. What? No, the end of the spoiler alert. Um, no. So just, we got to say this at the top of every show. If anyone's coming across this for the very first time, we're going to go only talk about the movie Interstellar, and we're going to dis- divulge everything. Ending, yes. critical plot points. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, then stop listening. Yeah. Or and pause it, go watch it, and then come back. You get a lot of lawsuits. Is that why you have to do that? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people guess, it's asking not, for refunds. It's not legal. It's just somebody going, I had no idea. Our lawyers asked yeah. us to say this. <laughs> but, uh, and we want to introduce our guest. Um, Ladies and gentlemen. From the Road Stories Story. Podcast. Road Stories Podcast. And a lovely home office. Yeah, we're recording in Road Stories Valeriano Studios, Inc. Corporate headquarters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, West Coast offices. HQ. Yep. HQ. Ladies and gentlemen, Murray Valeriano. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) I love the spoiler alert episodes. Good. And and this was one of those movies, too. Like, sometimes when we do spoiler alerts, we're like, out of three of us, generally there's someone who doesn't like the movie, Mm -hmm. but... We all kind of loved it. Well, it yeah, we all loved it, but movie. let's... Hold on, let, let me see it first. <laughs> no, then. you're doing this out of order. No, I don't understand. You, God, no, you're you dumb. the the, the Wait, last eight emails. Right. <laughs> Wait, was it spoiler? It's you suggested this to us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Right. No, the reason we have uh, Murray on the show is because he has some very important inside information on this. <laughs> don't... I might not. <laughs> well, no, no. Well, no, no. Hold on. Well, let's. Well, let's. You were in rural Calgary. Your wife marries Ofries outside of Calgary. Yes, outside of Calgary. <laughs> um, no, well, got- t- tell her, tell her who your wife is, what she did on the movie, and all that stuff. My wife is a costume designer. Her name is Mary Zofries, and she was a costume designer on Interstellar. And she also, well, we've talked, about, but she's been oscar nominated your wife yes. is an amazing costume yeah, designer. yeah she was nominated for true grit uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. and she's done a she does a lot of coen brothers films all of them all of them mm-hmm. and she um is that how she got her start we're gonna make me sound like a bad husband here <laughs> when's your wedding anniversary <laughs> check out her imd page <laughs> when's her birthday <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, I am not lying. When for like the first five years, if it wasn't for IMDb, I would have not have known her uh, birthday. <laughs> you better get an IMDb page for your wedding anniversary. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Do you know your kid's birthday? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I only have one. Hold on. I'm confused. Um, and then is this her first time working with Christopher Nolan? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so he requested her, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, so go through. <laughs> I feel like you ever listen to classic rock radio stations where like, all right, coming up after the break, we've got Bruce Springsteen's keyboard player. <laughs> you like that? Oh. No, but this is cool because because um, you went up there. You went up there, so you were involved in the process. I mean, or I you went got into space. <laughs> yeah, you went into space. So tell, tell us a little bit about that whole process of her getting the gig, going up there shooting, and what that whole thing was like. Um, it's like every other process. I mean, it was six weeks. I 
six weeks in a, a little town called Okotoks outside Calgary. Um, and it's, I, we have a family. I have a son. So we, uh, we switch off. I'll work, go on staff writing or hit the road heavily, and then Mary will stay home and vice versa, which mm-hmm. is what we're doing now. And so during that time, it uh, was her turn to work, and we had to go to uh, Okotoks for six weeks. Right. So, um, so that's really the process. Did I answer your question? I kind of got lost. In, uh, I kind of got lost there. Sorry about that. Uh, no, the process in, is, in I guess a, they, they a did a wormhole. Yeah, I got a guy in a wormhole. They just, you know, they shot here. And a lot of times, I mean, nobody shoots movies. And you guys probably talked about this before. Nobody really shoots movies here in Los Angeles anymore. Uh, they shoot a, part of it. or Yeah, part of it. And a lot of it goes to Canada still. But now a lot of it's going to New Orleans because they're given such tax credits. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we were up there with... Uh, Although that might change with Garcetti as the mayor. I think yeah. he's, he's definitely film-friendly. Yeah, Garcetti. he definitely is film-friendly. And it was friendly and was one thing he ran on, which yeah. got a lot of people excited. But there are a lot of productions up there. There's that... Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of TV shows are done up there. A lot of TVs, like that Western TV show that everybody uh-huh. loves is up there. I forget. Common Com- Wheels. Common's in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I flew up and down with Common a couple times going up there. And so there's a lot of productions going on, obviously, in Canada. And so they uh, did six weeks up there. shows are up there. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like... So obviously, because I had heard that Nolan, you know, planted a cornfield, hundred acres, hundred acres, I think it was, and burned. Did you get to see any of that up close, or were you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was out on the outskirts of the outskirts. I didn't get to see him burn it down, and I'm not sure if they actually. I think they actually did burn it down because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I read there was very little CG in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of practical effects. A lot of pra- yeah. all the spaceships were practically built. Yeah. Like that was really cool. And, and every it, a lot and, of models. And yeah. it showed. Mm-hmm. It showed to me. And my wife told me every like far away shot of the characters were the were the actual actors. Like no stand-ins. Really, they weren't oh, CG. No, he wow. he likes it like that real and that that con- you know. So I was amazed there was very little CG because it's a spectacularly shot movie. Yes, it's, it really is. I mean, some of the stuff you're like, all right, well, there's got to be a little bit. In there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the yeah. the black hole. I think yeah. you're going to have to see. I don't know that you can practically make. There's create one it. outside Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, and, it's a tax credit. Yeah. yeah this, this goes all the way to like. Um, this is why he's such an amazing filmmaker. It was a vision from start to finish. It was mm-hmm. not only what he wanted to show, but how he wanted mm-hmm. to show it. Everything mm-hmm. from uh, mostly practical effects to um, landscapes that he could actually shoot on yeah. and all the way to um, I want to um, exhibit this on 35-millimeter film and also on IMAX. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, we need more filmmakers like Christopher Nolan where they just have a vision from start to finish. They make a really cool giant movie that's not, a comic book. It's not part of a franchise. Mm-hmm. It's right. a film. It's why we go to movies. This right. movie. This was our two thousand and one. Yeah, that's a good. Generation. That's a good analogy. Is, and it was. Uh, it was a pleasure to watch from start to finish. I mean, people are saying, "Well, it might have been a little long." Okay, maybe you know you could have trimmed a little bit of it off it, but I don't care. I mean, it was really. It you was could so say great. that about two thousand and one. You could. You could definitely say that about two thousand out. Yeah, you can trim. I, I, I give me a movie. I'll trim fifteen minutes. Sure. Any movie. Yeah, but but this. But the thing about Christopher Nolan and his film is like he's real. 
he's more cognizant of it. Like, like he's, he he looks, well, where can I trim or how can I make it a little mm-hmm. tighter? And you see like, well, no, this is where he really wanted it to be. And, you know, as big a fan as I am of Peter Jackson, there's a lot that can come out of his film. He so. says, how can I make it longer? Yeah. yeah. And then because also partly it's driven by the fans too, because they want, then they want the extended cuts and all that stuff on mm-hmm. DVDs. But I thought this film, um, was great from start to finish everything from the story to the performances to uh the casting even like the um um just the set pieces like the way you know there was real deal you could see that wasn't cg dust you know yeah, or yeah. In the court oh, well that was great too stuff. the way he created it because obviously we're in this we're in this future world where this giant dust bowl basically. giant dust bowls they talk about mo- cro- corn is the only crop left right yeah the planet is dying yeah so there's just dust everywhere mm. and dust is just a part of life like, huge dust storms are, right yeah are prevalent Everything, yeah. everything is du- your house. No matter how sealed up your house is, it doesn't matter. Everybody yeah. has lung goggles, yeah. gas, ma- your lung stuff, yeah, masks. Yeah, like right. you just have that everywhere. That's just a part of life. It was great to see a, a, a movie set in the future that didn't have, that didn't look like the Jetsons. You know, it yes. didn't have jetpacks uh-huh. and everybody in a silver suit. Mm-hmm. And it was also a post-apocalyptic movie, basically, because a lot of the mm-hmm. population had been decimated. That didn't have. Aliens, zombies, plague. It yeah. was literally an environmental apocalypse. It was environmental right? apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like, well, this is where we could head. Yeah. You know, and uh, unless you think that uh, global warming is a liberal conspiracy, you're one of the 3% of the scientists on the face of the earth. So you're a moron. You're on the earth. <laughs> or you're flat. on a bankroll, somebody's bankroll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you legitimately believe that, you're dumb. You're dumb. Yeah. Dumb and crazy, and you think the earth is flat, and you bark at the moon, and you're stupid. And it's, but other and than it's that, 6,000 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But in this one, I believe they poison the soil. Is that, if I remember correctly, they poisoned the soil, which is cause, which made no vegetation grow. Yeah, there was these these loose references to... To and, what happened. To what yeah. happened. You felt like there might have been some kind of war, and there definitely was like... I got the feeling that... As the climate change made it harder to affect, then there were wars or fights mm-hmm. as a result over of resources. that. Over mm-hmm. resources. Yeah, yeah, over resources. And and I found that really interesting. Uh, I want to go into... Um, uh, more lefty preaching? More lefty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tree hugger. Yeah, I know. I'm so dumb. <laughs> it's not like a human race needs a breathable air or drinkable water to survive. What are you, a pussy? Um well, you'll get that on your plane. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On my <laughs> private jet. But by the time I'm wealthy enough, I'm going to have a private jet that runs on, you know. Unicorn hu- whispers. Yeah, unicorn whispers, <laughs> other things from my act. Yeah. Um, and hugs. Um, but like, to me, and we talked about this on, on the regular episode, but like, it was a film where as I'm watching, it's usually, especially, you know, having done this podcast now, we've done 260 some episodes. So, I, I know you do this. We, I'm watching a movie thinking, well, how, we, how am I going to talk about this? Uh-huh. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. I'm watching Interstellar going, I'm just blown away by this on so many levels. And the scenes that were long, like all of the stuff in space, but I was just mesmerized by it. I was mesmerized, too, by the time... Theory of relativity. Time theory yeah. of relativity quandary that they had to go they're like right. every hour is seven years yeah and then when um 
And they go back to the mothership, and the guy's older. The guy's yeah, 23 years cool. older. Like, why didn't you sleep? Uh, I, I, I wasn't sure. I thought you guys were coming back. What's her name? Uh, Anne Hathaway, you know, fucks up on that planet. And Matthew McConaughey's like, you just cost us so much fucking time. 23 yeah. years. You know, like, and and all that crazy shit, which, which, which was, to me, then the ending, which is this, one of those... It's like Space Baby it in is, twenty it, it, in, in two thousand and one. It, it, it's it's metaphysical. Mm-hmm. It's based in hard science fiction. It's a lot of theoretical stuff, but it gets into and all this the spirituality great stuff. and the yeah. spirituality and showing exactly. that that you know it's just a thing, especially in America, that science and God can't coexist. It's the it's it's the problem of organized religion, right? Um, because then it forces people to go. Well, I'm an atheist, and science is supernatural. Yeah, like uh, like right. at the beginning, we hear, oh, it's a poltergeist, and uh, really, it gets into time and space and how gravity um, is not, you know, can go through time and, and space. De- it's really interesting. Well, in the very ending, where he that depiction of the multidimensional world, right. Mm-hmm. Because that's the inside thing. the black hole. Inside the black hole, so it's it's multidimensional. Where he can see that uh, bookshelf, he can see through that bookshelf all throughout time. Right. And that sort of theory of what is it? The string theory of time. How it's, it's all connected. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's two, two theories that I've heard. I'm sure there's more, but there's the the, the river theory and then the string theory. Um, and the string theory, it's all connected. So it seemed like that's what they were doing. Where he's in there, and that's he's talking to his daughter at various different points in her life, which is just I love that quandary. Yeah, and these highly intelligent beings that live in a five dimensional world or whatever mm-hmm. that they're don't exist. They don't. What do you mean? Well, that was one of the things in the film. There was no um, five beings that lived in a five dimensional world. It was humanity. Uh, highly evolved that was putting all that stuff in, right. back in. And uh, that's what I love, too. There was, like, all these, like, sci-fi tropes that got turned on their ear. Like, okay, there's an alien race trying to save us. No, there isn't. Mm-hmm. Now it's... Uh, it's so, high, The human race is so highly evolved that it can go back and see everything in and time. put the black hole there and put right. the wormhole there. And uh, actually, so... We could, you know, and it it creates all these cool science fiction paradoxes and stuff. I'm sure you could go and poke holes in some of the, you know, right. some of the plot if you really wanted to. But ultimately, this is the kind of movie that uh, you just kind of got to let it wash over you. Where mm-hmm. it's a here are the theories, here's one possible way that these theories could um, happen uh, with time, space gravity everything right uh and this is what we're presenting to you you know take it or leave it <laughs> well who's the douchebag who's like um uh, sorry the when actually a wormhole is me 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 it's a fucking movie oh somebody's on there on the internet doing that right now in that voice i know i know Somebody- <laughs> who is that douchebag i'm asking you i want his name don't ruin the fucking ride for the rest of us man well now, that- i'm not a sci-fi guy mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really. Oh, it's weird. The first movie I ever saw was Star Wars. It's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> but I never got into the size. But it mm-hmm. did for people like me. It like it explained the theory of the wormhole and how the time worked by and, and it, so I was ba- able to stay on board and not right. you know. And this is really my first it, movie regarding it wormholes. Some really cool themes too. Like, is love a quantifiable? 
um, mm-hmm. force in the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and the whole dilemma of do we go to this one um, who we know is alive and is transmitting data, or do we go to this planet where it's someone who you uh, are in love with? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, it's not clouding my judgment, but that whole speech that Anne Hathaway meant said about like, yeah. This is my decision because I think love is something important and also um, it's a force just like gravity and time and all of those things. And that's why I think we should go to this planet. And that's when Matthew McConaughey said, no, I don't think so. We're going to go to Matt Damon's planet and uh, have him lie to us. Yeah, and he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was wrong. wrong. Exactly. And the thing, that's what, I, that's what I loved about it because it did bring these two, you know camps that don't need to be separate science right. and and spirituality don't mm-hmm. need to be separate no no they don't and and she said it like it is a thing that is there and it is a chemical thing you know it happens with like like um there's that there's that the chemical in the human body oxytocin and when men and women have an orgasm and when women breastfeed it makes you want to love you know when a woman breastfeeds it makes her want, a chemical reaction happens in her body that tells her to love so love is a scientific thing right. which is kind of what Anne Hathaway was saying and i thought that was so it was so interesting and the way they had that discussion and even debate there's three people that doesn't work in men though right with no the orgasm no we have it <laughs> no here no and honestly but uh, um, testosterone counteracts it Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so if you don't have a lot of testosterone, you're falling in love all the time like a big pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and you say like William Shatner? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> um, but like, I love that. I love that discussion. They're on the spaceship. They have the hard realities of... We only have this much time. There, right. We, can only, we have to make and a choice. And fuel, too. And fuel is another resource. Fuel is a thing. It's like one of those uh, resource video games. It's like, right, all right, right, we have a limited amount of each of these things. <laughs> you know, which do we grow? Which crop? Uh, well, let, let's get into this, the actual ending. So he gets back. Mm-hmm. He meets his daughter, who's now in her 80s or yes. 90s or something mm-hmm. like that. He's on this cool space station. Yes. That's that's which he thought is named after him. That she thought it was yeah. great. He thought his name, and they they laugh. He's like, it was like, named after your daughter. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, but the funny, the great thing was because he he could have gone. Well, I gave her the goddamn information. I was right. in the goddamn five dimensional library. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all she did was copy it down. That's what yeah. the old man gave it to her. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> you know. But that that was such a cool thing. Um, and then, you know what great what's great too about us talking about all this right now too is this is. Our interpretations of this movie, mm-hmm. of this, the, the theories that were presented. Like, somebody else could have a completely sure. different interpretation mm-hmm. of what... And it's all valid, because yeah. that's the way the movie is presented and set up. And that, to me, is what makes a great movie, is you can have these discussions. Yes. You know, it's not like uh, the movie The Judge... That Murray just saw, that I saw, that is a bag of shit. That the only discussion or debate is, why did you make this and waste all of our time? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... So the ending. So did any of you guys have a problem with the fact that he finally gets to see his daughter? Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's so great to see you, but you know, I'm going to die. You need to get the fuck out of the waiting room while I say goodbye to my kids. Like, go off. I, toy- I went back and forth on that, especially as a father. Like, I, 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 a, I thought it was really neat and cool and interesting to see because, you know, you, you're expecting, oh, my God. He's back and, and hugs and cries and she's like, "Well, I've lived my life yeah, without I, I, you." I bought it. These I did. are yeah. yeah. 
you know, I made peace with saying goodbye to you before. Now I have to say goodbye to the people that, that I just that spent I've, the last 70 I, years yeah, with. That, that I spent the last seven years with. with. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought I that was really it, cool. I bought it as a very human moment, too, because um, people in real life don't always act like you would expect them to. <laughs> like when you have, uh, you know, he just came back from this, you know, crazy mission. It's been years and years mm-hmm. later. And, you know, she is dying. Would 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 he want, would she want her there? Would, wouldn't he? You know, your first instinct is, oh, it's a big, giant, tearful reunion. But then when you see the actual reaction and how it plays out... It doesn't play out as like, oh, that's a twist ending. Or like, no, this is how someone might react in this situation. Yeah. And the the beauty. And she's the, a scientist. And she's a scientist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she she's also, cold-hearted. Yeah. <laughs> she's a because godless hate. You don't, you don't get to love that Jesus Christ puts in your heart. <laughs> yeah. No. Son of a preacher, Murray Valeriano, it's, ladies and gentlemen. It's one or the other. You're, you know, you're with God or the monkeys. Which is it? Yeah. Choose. Yeah. <laughs> It's the monkeys TV show, right? Yeah, heaven or the monolith. <laughs> no, the monkey. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, right? with the band, yeah, the yeah. monkeys. Yeah, yeah you're there were great God musicians or, yeah. that auditioned. You're with God or Peter yeah. Tork. Make your choice. Yeah. <laughs> Burn <in> hell. Here <laughs> we come. <laughs> so I, I thought, yeah, it, it definitely resonated with me. I thought it was really interesting. The thing I love too is about every detail of the science was uh, thought out and planned. Like even when you see the space station. Um, the way, like, literally houses and fields were all I've built around the sides, and, and because that's the way to uh, um, keep gravity. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that drawing or mock-up of what a space station would look like. I've right. seen that version several times, and I was like, wow, that as a kid, I remember going, that looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, You're yeah. on this big Ferris wheel, and yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. there's gravity or whatever. Like, it's like, anybody, but you never hear, you never feel it turn. Yeah, you know? and I so I thought that was cool, and... And just, again, from a filmmaker standpoint, it was so, each world they were in, when they're on the, whatever, the ice, the Hoth planet or whatever. Yeah, the Hoth planet <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the, the uh, and Dagobah or whatever. Dig- <laughs> the, uh, the water planet. Yeah. Dagobah was a system. Yeah. Was, <laughs> um, he, like Christopher Nolan, then when he's on the space station, it's so clean and crisp because there's no dust now. Right. Mm-hmm. And even Matthew McConaughey comments on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was cool. Uh, and then, you know, the going back to get Anne Hathaway, I was like, well, that's kind of amazing to me because you're right. Anyone he ever knew or loved is dead. Right. Yeah. They're gone. The only person he knew is this woman that he's actually spent all this time with that he bonded with in outer space and who else is going to understand him? I mean, so much of it, when I think about it, it does make the daughter going, you know, I love you. You got to go live your life now. I got to say right. goodbye to these people that I've spent my life with. Mm-hmm. You got to go have yours because you're right. still a 38-year-old man or whatever. Um, time traveler. Uh, time traveler, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I want to get in now to, we all saw it at the Chinese theater. No, I didn't. You didn't? You saw it at the end. I, I still saw it at 35 millimeter, <laughs> but could not get down to Chinese theater. I saw it, the 70 millimeter IMAX at the Chinese theater. And about a year ago, they remodeled the Chinese theater. This is my first time inside the Chinese theater since they remodeled it. The Chinese theater is one of my favorite theaters ever. Mine too, now that I think about it. First since time. They, since they remodeled it, yeah. Because you were at the screening. Was that the premiere? The premiere. Yeah. So. To bring anybody up to speed, the Chinese theater obviously was built in like 1926, 27, something like that. Um, it's got all the handprints of the movie stars mm-hmm. out front. 
And inside, I've always loved that theater. It's my favorite theater because it is a cathedral to cinema. It is ornate and beautiful, mm-hmm. and it has a giant screen. And so I've and it hasn't so, been Disney-fied. It hasn't been disney It's kept its decor. Oh, they've kept it so great. So when they were remodeling, because some of my most amazing film experiences have been in that theater. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing um, Saving Private Ryan opening weekend and seeing guys in their 70s and 80s crying in the theater, like World War II vets. Now that movie, I did see The Man, same thing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I saw... The first Bat- Batman begins there, and I went in there so skeptical. And I remember Scott Aukerman was there, and and we were like, "All right, let's hope this isn't stupid." And afterwards, <laughs> I remember after that movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" I was as that movie, I was like, "Great!" In the end of the movie, where Commissioner Gordon goes, "I hope we haven't started some weird thing." We found this card, and he turns it over, and it says the Joker. And people, this guy on the other side of the theater goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and it was like it was palpable and that I've had so many just I saw Spider-Man there mm-hmm. like it's the I, I saw AI there it's and then at the end everyone booed yeah <laughs> no I mean I've had we're ex- talking about good mo- good moments <laughs> yeah. in this theater Chris can you but please it's one, of those, it's one of those theaters where I certain movies I go I gotta see that at the Chinese mm-hmm. right so because of, of whatever traveling and, and I was really reluctant like god they remodeled man what are they gonna do they made it amazing. Oh, cool. They cleaned up the ornate stuff. They po- literally polished it, kept all that stuff. And then in the lobby, they do cool stuff like Marilyn Monroe's dress like yeah. from some famous film. Right, and right. All that stuff. So you feel like you're in this like museum cathedral to cinema. They dug it out so it's now stadium seating. Which is what a great idea. And they yeah. put in... I mean, you used to seat something crazy, like 2,500 people. And I'm sure they lost six or 700 seats. A big deal. You know what I mean? Really big, comfortable seats. And fucking amazing to me. And this visually, this film, like I heard it was like, took, you know, 600 hours or something to, to, um, to, uh, edit. No, not not the the um oh god Ren- to render to render Re- oh, the the, oh. the the scene where he goes through the uh I forget the, the time. Wormhole? Yeah, Jeez. Go- it was like the, the somebody <laughs> told me like the amount of time to render that was like insane. It right. was like it was like a crazy amount of time. Don't quote me on 600 hours, but it was like a crazy amount of time. I bet you about a 5 minute render. Yeah, so <laughs> it was visually it was amazing and 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 it was so cool because I've had so many. I saw that when they re-released The Godfather, I saw it in that mm-hmm. theater. So to me, emotionally, that theater means so much to me. It is everything that's great about cinema. I remember when I first moved to L.A. going, oh, <laughs> this is the capital of all of yeah, it. I that, remember one, that one in the Dome. The Dome. And, and the Egyptian are like the three pinnacles. I remember when they re-released Apocalypse Now, I saw it at the Cinerama Dome. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. And the helicopters flew over your oh, head because of the sound. Cool. Yep. Yes. Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. Yeah. At the Dome. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the Dome is amazing also. Um, so I want to ask you, because Murray, you were there at the premiere. Uh-huh. So first of all, and we'll get into the sound thing. Okay. But tell what's it, what's it like going to a Hollywood premiere of a fucking A-list movie like that. What is that experience like? So there was red carpet. There, there was, was red carpet. We actually got there late. We missed the red carpet. Um, I, there, you know, it's the exp- you know, it's kind of weird. And, and I was hesitant on doing this on, on doing this episode because when you go to a premiere, 
and, and you guys have had premieres for your uh, films and your shorts. Everybody there is in your camp. Right. Everybody there, this is the best work you've done. Right. We're so excited to see it from the caterer on up to the director. So leaving a premiere after seeing a movie, you generally are in a good mood right. and you like it and everybody. And then, so you're, you're definitely biased or if not forcibly biased afterwards because you're like, oh, I don't know if I would, would I see this movie normally? Well, I'll give a great... You know what I mean? Does that make sense? <laughs> no, no. It makes total sense. I'll give you an example. I, 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 you go to a screening of a movie that sucked. I think I saw, what was it? 3,000 Miles to Graceland uh-huh. <laughs> in, that, in that theater. And it was a bag of shit. That movie's a bag of shit. But everyone's sitting in the center. You could tell all worked on it. So when the credits roll, there's all these people going, whoa. Yeah. And then there's this ring of silence around of everybody going, no, it wasn't. Well, so yeah, they just like credits. No, that's true. So screenings <laughs> yeah. or, or, or premieres and also like seeing at festivals, there's a, there's a like, like you say, everyone's on board. So yeah. So be- like not everybody in the credits is there, but every department head is probably there. Right. So they're going to cheer for their department. and Everybody right. knows everybody. So it's hard to. I want to say I saw Toys at a premiere and loved it and then saw it again. And it was like, this is a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> it wasn't Toys, but it was one of those. Yeah. So it's very, uh, I wanted to think about that before I came on and, and did this. So I did like it. But going to, going to a premiere as a non-star is kind of meh. I mean, it's it's cool to watch, and but you can you can literally, like when we have done the red carpet and we've walked down the red carpet and we've had a driver, you can literally hear the cameraman going, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Matthew McConaughey! So it's really not as like, but it's kind of cool though because I've 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 walked down one of those things a couple of times, mm-hmm. but to see the actual spectacle of the paparazzi mm-hmm. and the A list stars wearing three thousand dollars worth of clothing, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff, like what is it seeing the like Hollywood? promo machine in full swing it's it's really cool it's really interesting to see and we missed this one like i said we got there late we missed this one but we've been uh my wife's walked a few carpets and she takes me with her and it's great and you know it's it's really cool to see all the handlers you know just be like uh you're next you have 30 seconds you know you you know this way or they're like have a sign this is so-and-so he was the blah blah you know he was third man on the ship talk to him you know and just directing everybody through and and all that so that's pretty cool to see and it's always great to see you know the world's best looking people dressed up yeah the world's (laughs) most expensive clothes too you know (laughs) (laughs) so it's always cool to see and it's just a great vibe and you know you get to talk to people and you get to sometimes you get to meet people that you know that you that you look up to and respect in the business or just a fan of you know so those are those are really cool and and it, let me tell you, I, I make I was saying about how everybody's cheering and everything. As soon as that movie starts, there's not a cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> there's right, not a peep. There's not a. To- I mean, it's like seeing at the Writers Guild Theater now, or something. Now that's a big theater. Is it packed? Like, is oh there yeah, enough, yeah. There, so there's enough people like to bring guests and stuff. Like every seat is taken. No, every seat is taken. Got every it. seat is taken in that thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we had decent seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not a bad seat in that house. Now I think about it. No. So then, what was it when you came out of the film? When you came out of that that particular premiere screening? Um, in what way? What do you mean? Well, like you said, you didn't just go see it at the mall. Like you you said initially, you know, you had some reservations in the sense that it's such a biased audience. Yeah. So did you come out thinking, man, that was awesome, or am I being swayed? Like. Wh- 
My, you know what my biggest problem was, and I know we want to talk about sound later, was that I couldn't get past the sound. Okay, let's get into that. I'm so, I, and I've actually, and I thought it was just me, and I talked to my wife about it afterwards, and like I missed a lot of a lot of dialogue because of the mix. And, oh, I I gotta agree with that too. Yeah, there was and, a it was a weird mix in places. And at first, I thought it was the sound system because I hadn't been back to that theater in a long time, and I'm like, oh, did they fuck up the sound system, or did they not? You know, because sometimes you'll go to a stand up show or a concert, and if you're in front. Right, of the speakers, you have a really shitty sound. Like right. at the Hollywood Bowl, if you're not sitting directly in front of the stage, right. the sound blows. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, did they fuck that up? And then Mary agreed with me. Then I started reading other articles about, no, there's, there's the, it was mixed too hot. Hans Zimmer's score was... You missed you know, some dialogue, Yeah, too, you missed some dialogue. There's some overlap. Some, something's too loud. You yeah, miss yeah. Some, and I missed some important dialogue. So I was like, right. why are they going back to that thing? So I was a little lost coming out of that one just because of that sound mix. Ah. It was my initial, you know, and then of course you're whispering it because the mixer's sitting right next to you. <laughs> right, right, right. You wonder too, like uh, it in the booth that the sound mixer did his mix. Mm-hmm. Did that sound different than in the man what was, Chinese what, theater too? Well, what was Nolan's response to it? You know, I didn't. Re- I sent it to my wife, and I didn't read it. I didn't get a chance to read it. But you can uh, just Google Nolan's response okay. to Sound and Stellar, and that mm-hmm. article will come up. But uh, he also they there wasn't there problems when the Dark Knight Rises too. Didn't people get on him? Well, there's some that? people. Well, well, when the trailer came out for Dark Knight Rises, there were some people saying we can't understand Bane. Mm-hmm. I took that as that was deliberate. Right. I was like, Bane is supposed to be kind of creepy and confusing sure. and cryptic and just sort of take control you know like that's what i thought it was and then some people were like so i don't know i mean mm-hmm. to me again well they think about people don't realize too sound mix it's also an art form yeah you know yeah. it's it's not an exact science like especially are you saying f- it's subjective or yeah. <laughs> well Absolutely. no it is i think yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think it is because especially on a film like this that is so you're creating First, the sounds of space travel and mm-hmm. black holes and all the stuff we don't know. Yeah. And you're mixing in this intense score to create this, like, it's so mm-hmm. encompassing. Like, Christopher Nolan is literally, especially at an IMAX or 35 millimeter print, you're like, you're really thrust into this world. So, and I didn't think it was, um, there were problems all the way through. I thought there were certain moments. Oh, yeah, not, not top would, to bottom. Like most, it was, so it's interesting. It's like a couple of places where you're like, oh, that, that sounded a little weird. So you wonder too, was like, um, it, was it deliberate or is it, did it sound different in the booth or like what happened? Because I, I missed dialogue. And one mm-hmm. of the things I didn't realize was the robot was talking. Like, right. the, like the robot had a voice, like in the space. I'm like, wait, is that one of the other characters? Because mm-hmm. they were all talking at once. Mm-hmm. And, and going back and forth, I'm like, oh no, that was the robot's voice, and then I just missed another piece of dialogue. So, voiced by one of my favorite people, Bill Irwin. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bill Irwin voiced him. Oh really? Yeah, I yeah. T- did a great job. Oh, I yeah. it did. I didn't notice it as much because I think I was just so entranced by the whole movie, right? And it's long and it's methodical in the best way, in the 2001 way, uh, that I was just like, holy shit! Yeah, like this is. So, I was just so like. Again, I'm watching a 70 millimeter print on a screen that's twice the size of a normal right. screen, right. and I was just like, it so took me over that I didn't notice that. If I go back and see it again, and I want to, uh, I'll definitely pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. So let's let's I get, see it again too. So I'll go. With let, you. Let's get into this too, since we're talking. You know, it is Oscar season. 
where who do you think is going to get nominations out of this movie? I think this is going to sweep nominations. Whether it'll win them all, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think it's going to be nominated in many different categories. Definitely Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, not best sound, Picture. Not Sound Mixing. We'll be, we have already yeah. decided that. Yeah. <laughs> best Director. Best, sure. uh, best, director. best Cinematography. Yeah. Best Production Design. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tech Awards, it's going to get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it'll get Tech Awards. And uh, probably Script, too. Mm-hmm. Might be nominated for Script. Does McConaughey get a nomination? Now he's got he's got he's got Oscar cred now. Yeah, I, mean, I think he'll get a nomination. I think Anne Hathaway will get a nomination uh-huh. too. Oh yeah, I didn't love her. I think you know the thing is Matthew McConaughey, and I like him as an actor, and he's a cool dude and all that. But man, he's got to be careful. Like he he's going to become a parody of himself. Well, I think he if has he's been not careful though. Careful, but like like the way Nicholson is now. Every time you see Nicholson acting, he's acting like Nicholson. Right. You know what I mean? And it's and like I said, I like him a lot, but I just. You know, don't you think Dallas Buyers Club though just like that set him apart in so much? I think they, I think he's I think he's being smart with what. No, with he's being doing. smart, yeah. but he, I caught it and then I love Dallas Buyers Club, obviously. But I mean, even that just there was just Matthew McConaughey in this at some point where mm-hmm. we're going up to space. You know, it's like right. Like, so, but that so doesn't mean he thoughts. is from this small town in Texas where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I understand you're justifying <laughs> his uh, character of himself. That's fine. I'm sure he appreciates it. Uh, no, I just, I just think that's a route he could go. But he's doing really good. You but know. isn't that well? This is an interesting, an interesting question, because that is always the quandary of somebody that they get that big. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when we talked about Gravity, and we had Stephanie Wilder Taylor on. She and I heard this from other people. Again, I loved Gravity. Yeah. She couldn't just get past that. That's George, George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah, like I know some people who couldn't get past. They go to Hoth Planet, and that's Matt Damon. Right, right. Like right. that <laughs> took them out of it. Sure. Didn't take it out for me. And that's be- supposed to be the big reveal, the big surprise. Yeah, that was movie. the big surprise. He's not in the credits or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to me, I was okay with that because these astronauts were sort of revered. Like we sent up these whatever six people and mm-hmm. this is our last best hope and everyone knows them oh i know like there's that conversation when he breaks into that that which is now Na- when they're like you don't know who we are we're nasa yeah, like yeah. i thought that was awesome oh yeah mm-hmm. when, and, and and they're like well these are the people we've already sent up um i was glad it was matt damon and not just some sort of character actor because it needed to be what if it was danny trejo Uh, welcome to the jungle that would be awesome that would be awesome and that just becomes the dumbest movie ever (laughs) but i don't don't get that because i think matt damon's in my opinion is is such a good actor that you you lose matt damon when you see him act you know what i mean that's what i felt too i didn't feel like there's matt damon it didn't bother me if it would have been uh what's his face uh from goodwill hunting Matt Bo- uh, Ben Affleck. It would have been Ben Affleck. I would have just Cole Hauser. Like, I don't yeah. care. I don't care if this is a premiere or not. I'm walking. <laughs> right. Know? Right. No, I think you're right. And let's get into that storyline. Did that bother you guys that Matt Damon ended up being the bad guy who went nuts? Who? No, it didn't. Oh. Because you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, these other science fiction stories, like um, everything from Hal right. going mm-hmm. nuts to uh, the. Um, some of the characters in Aliens, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, have, uh, or Bishop going crazy, mm-hmm. or also, but also the corporate guy who was like trying to sabotage Paul Reiser and Alien yeah, too, yeah, 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 too to bring back the. Uh, it, so aliens. it really, I thought it was, uh, I thought it worked for me because also 
isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on a plane. You're on this crazy mission. You know you're never leaving unless someone comes to rescue you. Um, you know, what else? You're going to go nuts. And you may not be so self-sacrificing that you're like, fuck it. I'm taking other people down with me and yeah. they're going to rescue me. Right. Or I'm going to kill them. Right. Well, that's interesting. I agree with Mancini 100% on that. I think so, too, because I've, I've watched, I remember, I think it was... Discovery or something like that. They were talking about, well, if we want to go to Mars or something like that, or the next, and they're like, it, it'll take years, and we have to. How do we? How do we have human interaction? How do we? You have to send a male and a female because, like, right. they're going to yeah, have yeah. to have sex. Like, wh- how are you going to? How are you going to be compatible with nobody else nobody around? Else. No, yeah, inter- yeah. no human interaction. You don't realize how that would drive you crazy. Oh, yeah. to, to where I was like, yeah, that is. That is believable, man. You would yep. go out in space and you would lose your shit. As a comic on the road. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I was just How in Tampa. Crazy and I go? almost fucking was bouncing off the walls in the Hilton Garden. And you didn't Garden have Inn. a robot with you. I didn't have a robot. Well, he did have Doug. I mean, yeah, that <laughs> was pretty bad. I don't even know what that means. Um, and, uh, yeah. No, the, I bought that. Oh, that yeah, that the swimming pool was too cold for me to swim laps in. They don't heat the fucking pool in Tampa. And it, they've had a cold spell. I couldn't swim laps in the pool. I almost lost my shit. <laughs> yeah. You almost went into a suspended animation. I was nuts. I almost went goddamn crazy and tricked Doug into going into a ravine so yeah. I could kill him and get out of there. And it just... It, well, speaking of wormholes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we went down this way. Yeah, it's 420 somewhere, <laughs> even in space. You know what I... Well, speaking of, I, I wanted to mention this about the robot, too. Like, I loved the way they made the robot because whenever you see robots in science fiction, they're humanoid or, like, yeah. they look like... like um, and it's something weird, like with the face, like uh, was like in remember the movie The Black Hole, mm-hmm. where they had like Vincent or whatever, right. like these big giant eyes. Like I love the fact That's that they really made really bad movie. These, that, uh, the Black Hole and Saturn Five are like oh two my of god, the worst. Black Hole is is absolutely awful. Although you know, there's a, a couple similarities in uh, <laughs> in uh, Interstellar when they go in the black hole and the McDonald's merchandise. Uh, is great. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> Um, but what what I loved a about bottomless the cup of wormhole soda. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved about the robots in um, Interstellar is that first of all they didn't look like robots; they were literally panels. And yeah, that was really is, cool. What they did is they realized like if you're going to make a robot, it's more practical to make it in this fashion so it's adjustable to any environment in any situation. Mm-hmm. Like like when you saw it spin. And like, oh my God, yeah, of course it would be able to do that. Sure. Like it could spit, because the way it's designed, it could adapt to anything. It could climb, it could mm-hmm. manipulate different things, and it could actually go fast and spin if it needed to. And it had a screen. <laughs> so I thought it was, I thought it was a great, that was one of the great things about the production design. Yeah. Like everything about mm-hmm. it made sense. Like no if you one's saw, ever done that before. Right. Mm-hmm. In this sci-fi de- depiction, and it, like you said, it made perfect sense. That's right. why Nolan is so great because <laughs> he can he thinks of this thing that no, it's never they've. It's only it's. It's it like doesn't feel tacked on. It yeah. like makes sense. It doesn't feel like he's trying sense. to be wacky or I'm going right. to be different. It's yeah. like no, yeah. this is a, he thought it out. Like mm-hmm. yeah, as we as we advance our tech, you know our, our he brains make, advance also and it becomes more of a necessity what do we need we don't need Rosie he didn't make the robot right, right. we need a he didn't robot make that, danger Will Robinson yeah, yeah. Like, you know that. <laughs> and if you look at the robots that are coming out now they're not human like you know the robots mm-hmm. that we're using now they're, yeah they're Roomba practical. yeah the Roomba is, the Roomba. Exactly, <laughs> is that the vacuuming uh, one yeah there was something yeah. my cat was writing when you walked in yeah <laughs> <laughs> I made a laugh I made $50,000 on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay. Well, anything else? What else? Anything else we should touch on, or did we get it? Did we That's, get our interstellars uh, out? Yeah, I think uh, we we touched on pretty much you know a fair amount of it. Well, this was awesome. Do you do you? I have a and I, this is a question for Graham because he's a surfer. In, in the when the guy dies, he gets hit by the big wave, which I had a big problem with about why how he died. That was terrifying, that. by the way. When they're like, "That's a big wave." As a surfer, I was, I was like, just, oh, I was, "That was my fuck. question." Do when you because I do the same thing when I see it, like I it's one of the most terrifying things for me to watch on screen is when a big like the end of. Uh, uh, the perfect storm. Oh God! Or and when a huge wave is coming, Armageddon. Armageddon. You just know the reality of being held under on a minuscule wave compared I, to a mountain. But the still. biggest surf I've ever been in was maybe ten feet, and I remember getting crushed on that. I remember that was like a couple summers ago, and I remember I came out of the water. I talked to you like a day or two after, and I was rattled. I could, I could still it see keeps it. You under right I, when oh, you get hold, hit. I hold you under. I could still see it in your eyes when you were telling me the story. And because I've been in ten foot waves. So when I see guys on surf videos surfing 30, 40 foot waves, I'm like, I get physically, it physically scares the shit out of me because I can only, I have an idea what that's like. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that wave, I was like, Anne Hathaway, get the fuck <laughs> out of there. Exactly. Why are you grabbing that box? Right. And like, I thought it was just me. That's why I wanted to ask Oh, no, you. it was. It's just, like, it's just terrifying to watch. It is. As a non-surfer, it was terrifying to watch because yeah. yeah. you know that that's a devastating wave coming yeah and you know like you don't know when that <laughs> well like you feel like you, you know. any any surf videos or documentaries i've ever watched you know big wave surfers one of the ways they train is they walk on the bottom of the ocean holding a rock, rock. for as long as they can or run actually run or run that's how they, they train run. because they know they're going to be held underwater on a wipeout for two minutes wow and that's how they... F- and when they train, I have, I have a buddy who's training to surf Mavericks who surfs out here, and he, he's training for two years to train to go surf those ways. It's not like you're just going to go train for a couple months. You're training for the wipeout. Yeah. Not the surfing. Not the riding the wave. I honestly feel I could ride Mavericks. I could never survive a wipeout. No. You're held if under. You, if, if you just put me on the wave, yeah. But like, <laughs> I mean, to paddle into position to get over the wave... And if you, it's when you wipe out because that wave is going, the bigger the wave, the faster it is. So it's going 50 miles an hour, you know, like, and if you're not just being held under, you're being literally ragdoll, ragdoll feeling like I've heard people describe it's feeling like they're just pulling your arm, the water's pulling the arms out of your sockets. So hold your breath. Right. While you're being ragdolled. And under. try not to panic. And panic is Which the, you'll burn more oxygen that way. And panic is the thing, man. If you panic, you're dead. You're dead. You're, you're dead. dead. Yeah. They dead. have to just sit there and get calm and just like... This happened before. You know. I've, I've had to talk myself being held under and like... I think the biggest surf I've been in is 15 feet. But just being held under. So just talking to myself. All right. You've been here before. Yeah. You got to talk yourself through it. You're going to come up. So don't... You know. You're going to eventually come up. Yes. Anyway, the, we could, of course, we can't sit down and not talk about surfing <laughs> and then when you come back up out of that wave it's seven years later <laughs> yeah that's that's undersea there's a there's yeah, a time portal yeah. <laughs> there's a theory of uh, relativity. relativity is under yeah. the, under every wave mm. <laughs> um all right well, i feel like uh i was touted for all these like behind the scenes stories and i don't feel like i really gave any is there any Things that maybe I could answer or questions. Well, though you gave, you actually gave more than you think you did. Oh, okay, um, good, good. Because most of our audience doesn't has <laughs> never been to a premiere. Okay, uh, hasn't been to the Oscars. Um, it wasn't a. The, one of the things is like, and you guys know, and it might sound a little like, oh, look at me, but being on set is really boring. Even 
unless, sure. unless you're the yeah. director. It's hurry up and wait. Working. It's hurry up and right. wait. Yeah. If you're an actor, if you're a writer, it's a lot a of writer, downtime. It's even boring because you've perfected the script as much as it's going to be. You're just there in case something doesn't work. So well, you let's do look. nothing. So having said that, a lot of sets are fun to go hang out in because they're spectacular and they're cool. In Okotoks, this was the the cornfield. So right, I you wasn't on, visiting set a lot because I didn't want right. to go stand in the middle of a fucking cornfield. Right. Well, had you been on the sets with the practical spaceships, that would have been right. probably Which a I little don't cooler. Believe I was probably not allowed on. But well, let me ask. Let me ask you this: like, what kind of stuff in terms of your wife saying the differences? Like, obviously, she probably just has she can has a shorthand with the Cohen brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, they just know. Okay, and she's just so working with Christopher Nolan for the first time. What kind of things did she say? Were the differences, or Christopher Nolan likes it this or that, or? Um, boy, I, you know, I don't. If she did tell me anything, I don't know if I would feel comfortable saying that. Oh, okay. Um, but I definitely, from what I got from Mary, and she, he definitely knew what he wanted, and it was kind of cool for me. If I can make myself part of this movie, um, she's like, oh, because her big work on this were the suits spacesuits or the spacesuits right and how, fun, how they have to function because they're going in water and, and it was it was very difficult for her and i think she did an amazing job i'm looking at it on the picture well, that's behind the crazy us. thing too yeah. because a lot of like like for true grit when she got nominated it's period piece mm-hmm. and this is creating something like brand new yeah yeah so what was that experience like? Well, it was cool for her because she did a lot of research and she actually i got to help out because one of his reference points was uh leah in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Ah, oh, okay. and she maybe saw him when she was a kid, but she never. So I get to you know go show her, go show her the scenes where they're you know where she's at and the stuff like that. Uniform, yeah, the slave uniform. Well, she knows about that because she's got one in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> she loves. Nobody when I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> and she plays Jabba. What's going yeah. on? Call my wife fat. No, oh, Christ! Oh, I never should have. My said wife anything. is on the plane with you today. Oh. <laughs> What? I'm not responding to all of this. <laughs> I'm in a misdirect. So, um, so then re- research wise, so what? Where was she? Was she researching like NASA suits and shit like that? Or I, I think a lot of th- a lot of that, you know. And I even I've you know asked about you know how come they're so you know I learned about it too because I you know I, I usually like to find out where because like before I met a costume designer, you know I work in television. It's you, you go to the store and you buy your costumes yeah, yeah. pretty much. Right. You know you don't. Oh, you actually draw and design, and then people make that. Okay, that's cool. I had no idea. So yeah, she would g- grab research. I, like I said, that was you know they looked at actual NASA suits, and then I remember her trying to just like okay, now we got to put this thing in water, and <laughs> see if this thing's going to hold up. You know, because wow. they're going they go into the water up when they're yeah. they shot all that in Iceland, so they're in you know freezing cold weather. Were they staying Iceland. at the ice hotel? No, I was hoping she would. <laughs> By the way, I didn't go to Iceland. She's like, oh, you guys should come to Iceland. I'm like, six weeks in Okotoks. <laughs> going home, man. Me and the kid are going home. Well, that's well. see, that's interesting. That's really cool because you don't realize that when you watch this movie that, like, I, I mean, I've asked, I've asked Mary, and she, you know, she starts work two, three months out with yeah. research and all that stuff. And now this one, she has to literally build practical suits mm-hmm. that work underwater and move mm-hmm. and look cool and let the actors do what they got to do. And look where, like they could survive in space. Yes. Yeah. Where do we put the oxygen tank mm-hmm. that it would look feasible and not block the actor? And, and now is this like, how do we not get it to fog up? Well, and, I, right. You yeah. got to have a helmet that we can see the actor's face. Well, yeah. I have a question. And she actually for referenced like this real like, quick, Chris. She actually referenced, uh, Nolan said, I think surfers wear helmets. 
when they surf. And she asked me, do you know it? And I'm like, yeah, my buddy Peter wears a helmet on the, th- oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> on the thing. So that's because it's a very form fitting. And some big, but like big wave surfers sometimes will wear because oh. they can hit their head on the reef. Or, and shit, rock, like, or Rocky points. Right. A uh-huh. lot of people will wear them. Well, yeah. what, what I was going to ask for like a, a job like this where mm-hmm. she has to design these specific spacesuits, does she have to consult with like a, like a scientist, something like that, like as far as where the stuff would go? Or is that like part of the research? That would maybe be part of the research. I don't remember her really consulting with anybody off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of the research. It all depends on what the if the director cares or not. You know, I mean, right. I, I wrote on a kids Disney show, and we had to have a consultant from Africa because it was based in Africa. So right. it depends on on who you're working with. It would, I would imagine whether they Nolan care. Would <laughs> I would imagine he probably. I mean, he seems like a pretty smart dude. Right. You know? I could never have written that script. No way. <laughs> you know, so he probably has some, you know, some people consulting for sure. That's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that because you just yeah. see so much work went into it. They played a little at at some AMC theaters uh you know, in the last in the month leading up to the release of Interstellar. Mm-hmm. They showed some behind the scenes interviews with with Nolan and the Practical Effects and your wife. Did you know that? I heard, but yeah. I never uh, yeah, I'd they showed an interview with her. She's like in like a, a big probably wardrobe. Probably the EPK, and she yeah, probably yeah. hated every minute of it, <laughs> which is why I'm here and she's not, because she hates doing <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, talk about something? Sure. What? What is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know anything about it, but I'll talk about it for 20 minutes. So it was really, I, I, I thought it was, uh, it was really cool. And, and uh, so all you guys listening, you know, love to hear your thoughts and comments on either the message boards or the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um to hear what you thought about the film because it was uh, it was really truly one of those amazing cinematic experiences for me at least and I like I Gravity was oh it was great last year right it blew it away in my opinion and that's not a slam oh. on Gravity I, I, now I, I think they were different they, movies they are different movies yeah, but I mean yeah. I thought they were both great for each one what they what they were but uh, this was more 2001 this was this was epic man. this was an yeah, epic this is an film. epic yeah. gravity was like mm-hmm. gravity was a um, a small much smaller yeah. scope movie uh you know a much smaller story it's a personal story in space. in space yeah where this one is like an epic story of, of you know humanity, humanity. Yeah, yeah yeah so the problem i had with gravity and which is has only bit me in the ass once i never go to the movies anymore it's just even when I'm on the road, I just want to be alone and I get the screeners every year and I got a flat screen and a sound system. So, so I watch them every year, but I watched gravity at home and you, I'm like, why is there a fucking screwdriver floating across the goddamn? Oh, I'm supposed to see this in 3d. Like it was like the weirdest gravity you needed to see in a big gravity screen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you needed to yeah. see it in 3d. It was yeah. the weirdest thing. I'm like, Oh, of course there's a pencil yeah. floating right now. I'm yeah. supposed to see this in 3d in a well, movie theater, in, in a movie theater. theater. Well, Not on my couch. Um, yeah, I cannot recommend you got to see interstellar on the big screen. Yes. Yeah. Just, what did that chalk in three hours? Yeah, it's long. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's three long. Hours. It's long, man. It's like two forty four, yeah. two fifty. It's something. almost three. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but it's great. Go see it. Go see it in the theater. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. So we banged out two spoiler reps in a there you go. back to back. Yeah. So um, who's the other one? We just did, we Big, did Hero Big Hero Six, Six with Chris's daughter. Oh, I just listened to that on the way over. I can't believe yeah. I had to follow Chris's daughter. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> you did great. Good. I'm, um, yeah, nearly. I don't sound nearly as adorable as yeah. you did. <laughs> and you can't sing. Yeah. So you didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> sing and <it>. there's. <laughs> wow. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Well, that's our show, you guys. Uh, Murray Valeriano, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can catch me at Murray V on Twitter, uh, MurrayValeriano.com for tour dates and shows. And my uh, podcast is uh, roadstories.tv where I have a bunch of different comedians. Come on, we discuss the fun stuff that, and crazy stuff that happens on the road. It's a great podcast, too. Both of We've you have it. been on several yeah. times. It's yeah. really fun. You um, did it at PodFest the last two years. Last mm-hmm. year's great time at PodFest this year. This, yeah. is, this was the best year, I think, Thanks. so far. And... I hosted the stand-up show, and I was going to say something at the end, but I didn't get a chance. But just watching you more, Graham, because I see Graham more often than I do, just watching you and Andy Wood talk about it and then seeing what it became is really, it's quite impressive. Oh, thanks, man. Because this town is full of people with ideas. Yeah, everyone's got <laughs> yeah. a big idea. And nobody ever does it. And just especially to see it on this level this year. Congratulations, you guys. You got you thanks. definitely something. Thanks. Good. Next year's going to be great. We're about to release the dates. We got them. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mine is roadstories. That's enough about you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, roadstories.tv. Uh, go on there, and it's great. And Graham was actually my first guest on my first episode. What? Graham... Jackie Cation. Oh, that's right. Chris Frangiola. That's were right. The oh, first wow. three. It was my tester episode. It was the first one. I would like to think if it wasn't for that, there would be no comedy film nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> I think we already had the website going, right? Maybe not. Probably by then. We've been around for a, a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. Hold on. I have my detailed timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Great. Well, thanks for having me. I, I enjoy your show. I listen to it when I'm on the road. So it's sweet. always fun to come on and do it. It's been a while. So I'm happy. Great to, to have you. And thanks for inviting us into the um, inner sanctum. Oh, sure, man. The, thanks, uh, sir. <laughs> well, the good thing is Murray lives near me, so I didn't have to drive to the valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to turn it around every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. So... Um, Comedy Film Nerds in Oklahoma City, December 11th. We're doing two shows that night. We're doing Chris and I are doing stand-up uh, at, I believe, 7.30. And then right after that, 9.30-ish, we will start Comedy Film Nerds, do a live podcast. Um, we're that gonna sounds sh- like so much fun. It's a blast. We're yeah. going to show trailers. We've been doing the, just showing trailers now. That's our really live show. Fun. We it's love really it. Fun. It's a blast. The fans love it. It's really cool. We show trailers. We'll, always, we'll pick a couple cool-looking movies, and we'll find some really shitty ones mm-hmm. that we can make fun of. The and- judge. Yeah, the judge. We'll just show the judge on a loop. Um, so uh, check that out, you guys. And of course, um, I'll be, if you are in Hawaii, I will be uh, headlining uh, December 6th in Honolulu at Hawaiian Bryant's. Also, we'll be in uh, Irvine, um, in San Diego and Irvine with uh, Doug after Christmas. Um, we'll be releasing those dates soon at American Comedy Company for one night and then two nights uh, at the Irvine Improv. And then I'm headlining Zanies in downtown Chicago, January 2nd through the 4th, and the Improv at Harvey's Hotel and Casino in South Lake Tahoe, January 28th through February 1. Headlining Tahoe? Yes. Good for you. Headlining Lake Tahoe. It's about time they headlined you there. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. It's nice. So I get a little skiing in. Can I say one real quick thing to one of your listeners who is a listener of mine? I promise I will bring comics on Safari to San Diego. She cornered me (laughs) at PodFest and hit me on Twitter a few times. I think think her name's Darcy. Uh, Forgive me if I got your name wrong. I'll get you. 2015 Comics on Safari is coming to San Diego. I I love it. I swear. Okay. Yeah, I love San Diego. Mm -hmm. Any excuse to go surf down there. Mm -hmm. Um all right, Chris, anything else? Uh, yeah, I'll actually be at Fantasy Springs and Las Vegas in January. I'll have those dates in the next uh, episode. But also, we want to let you guys know it's now it's Christmas shopping season. Hello. You want to check out the store and really uh, help us out. There's a lot of cool things in there. Everything from the Comedy Film Nerds books to Graham CD to uh, all the Dana Gould merchandise. Uh, and some really cool uh, martial arts stuff. Look, we've got uh, Death Grip and mm-hmm. Rick Myers' uh, Kung Fu 
movie book. So there's a lot of cool stuff to check out. As we've always said, guys, if everyone who listens to the show spent 20 bucks with us once a year, we could really keep everything going. Yes. So we appreciate you guys doing that. And subscribe to us on iTunes because the uh, even if you don't, that's not where you listen, like you listen to us somewhere else. Just the subscription. Subscribe anyway. Subscribe. Yeah. Just hit the subscription button because it helps our ratings in iTunes. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening. We're glad we're, you know, we're not as busy with earbuds. We're able to do more spoiler reps. It is Oscar season, so we'll be doing more episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Murray Valeriano. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Um, thank you to Christopher Nolan for making Interstellar. Yes, thank you indeed. <laughs> uh, so my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember... Han shot first. Wormhole.